Hey, hey, hey. It's Monday. It's me and Matt. Snoops is on an airplane. Nah, probably not quite yet. I don't know what his flight is, but he is traveling back. I'm sure if you follow him on the social medias or if you just watched the show and saw him, you know, broadcasting from a hotel room in Vegas, you know, he was out there for the weekend. He'll be back tomorrow. I won't. I'll be doing golf as where's golf tournament this week. The old uh, Valero appetizer, you know. If yeah. you go look at the if you look at the Scotty Scheffler menu, this is the tortilla soup. God damn, that's actually apt because this turns what's the tax. Then what's the cheeseburger slider? Yeah, it's a little a little of both. I suppose the, is the cheeseburger qualifies. slider the par three contest then on Wednesday? Yeah, I, I, maybe okay. I'd say maybe maybe the Monday qualifier, which Wes Bryan got in, but uh yeah, the, the tortilla soup, which is cool because yes, it is a ta- another Texas event. Patrick says no more match play, please. I enjoyed the match play. It's so it's so it's, hard. To bet. It's awesome. It's so and it's hard to bet, but I love watching it. I had a really nice Jason Day ticket too, and then I don't, you know, he just ran into a buzzsaw. He was up three through like six holes, and that was. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested fun to for see what would have paid out if you just bet underdog money lines in those matches throughout. Like I feel like those would have paid out pretty good, especially pretty early. Like Ricky taking down Rom early. There's some other like I feel like bigger upsets and obviously in group plays so that it wasn't, you know, elimination right away, but like there's just value on those guys because like you've talked about it too. Like you're not saying you like, you don't have to necessarily beat this guy's score. You just have to beat him on more holes. So you can afford like the blow up holes. They don't matter as much. You just need to make some shots. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. And in the back of your mind, you, you put together like a project, like a back testing. And I was going to start look at like high volatility you know, just pulling scorecards and looking at guys who are, you know, have a more of a, a clean distribution as far as not not having those blow up holes and guys who have a little more volatility. And mm-hmm. and then I realized like, oh, they're not having match play anymore. Like, what am I going to do this? Like, look at this for, you know, the Ryder Cup, which I guess would be fun. But yeah, it's it sounds like there may be a match play event added, but next year this will there be Houston. Be. Yeah, they it'll be it it'll be Houston, which is currently played in the fall. And yes, hello in Tel Aviv, which that's far. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm guessing they're about eight hours ahead. I'm I'm guessing it's about six six thirty uh, on the the uh, what is it? The Middle East clock? No, the time. No, I'm just trying. Oh, to, I was yeah. trying to think of the generalized region of the world. I had fun though. It was uh, fun. We. In one of the one and dones, I split with some partners. We had Sam you're right, six thirty three in Tel Aviv. Good for yeah. you. So we we had uh, we had Sam Burns. So that was, I mean, it was gutty all the way through. I mean, essentially, he had to win his third matches as well as you can have that where you go two and zero, oh, and it's still not a foregone conclusion that you are in control of the group. You often will need to win the third match to win that group, and he did. So it was a lot of fun, at least getting out of group, and then he got the the big prize check. It was it's a big. It's a pretty big paycheck, actually, too, for this event. So kudos to Burns. Uh, probably somebody to be looking at in two weeks. A couple of other guys. I know a lot of people like Cam Young, like Jason. Yeah, Cam Bay, Young played really are, well, too. I know. If you if you added a Cam Young Masters ticket right now, I would not blame you, which real quick, and we'll talk about this later, too. You can see below, we have a fun contest, uh, free. Uh, it's over at Run Your Pool. We've partnered with them and Paige. Uh, we're going to give away another golf trip. We'll fly you somewhere. We'll pay for your hotel, probably your food, and you go get to play around round of golf with Paige Spronick. So I think it's just going to be tears where, you know, they, hey, here's the top 12 golfers in the Masters. 
you only get one, pick one. And then they give you the next 12, the next 12. And you pick six golfers from those tiers. That's it. You know, you can't do it right now. We do have to finalize the field. I'm thinking those tiers will be up next Monday, but it is a contest with limited space. The number's not small. It's not like, hey, you better sign up today or you're getting shut out because only 300 people can enter. But there is limited space, so you will want to get in early just to make sure you don't get shut out. And then, obviously, they'll remind you next week to, you know, pick your golfers. All you got to do is beat Paige, and you're in drawing to win the grand prize to play some golf with her. So fun stuff. I'll remind you of that as we go through the week. But, yeah, uh, not fun stuff. was Texas pooping their pants. In the second half, I didn't have a chance to watch the second half. I had some uh, obligations, so pretty frustrating to check that score after I had seen the, the first half. That was very annoying, but I mean, if you like parody, if you like fun, if you like wildness, it was a great Final Four, a great tournament. There's been so much, uh, you know, so much made of, you know, some of these teams are underseeded, and God, I mean, honestly, maybe SDSU is, and I hate that Rothstein also climbed on this bandwagon because I feel like I said it first <laughs> or at least at least I said it I don't know if I said it on here but I did feel bad for San Diego State because their best team they had ever put together it was like what 30 30 win team and it was like two losses only or something like that yeah, the COVID year yeah they, they were like 30 and yeah, 30 and two or something and then straight up just didn't get to have a tournament like man this was yeah, they're gonna be a two seed I think yeah, it was for sure like, hey, you, you should have a good shot at making a Final Four here. Just straight up didn't get the chance. So kind of a fun feel-good story. I don't ever, you know, I'm not going to say UConn's a fun story because I never liked UConn. I don't even know where Matt went. I'm not sure if he was listening at all to that point. I think he might have froze up. Well, there he's back. You were Me gone too. on my monitor. Uh, then Yeah, yeah Miami, I was gone on mine too. I like Larinaga, but uh, – does, is it yeah, just me or does he have like one of the best jobs in the country right now? Like he's coaching Miami. It's still a big program, but it's not one where you're like expected to make these runs. Like you just got to be solid. You have to make the tournament here and there, win a couple games every few years. And you're just, you're, you're getting paid to live in Miami and, and coach yeah. in one of the, the best places in the country, warm weather. It's a perfect retirement job. And Dan, Dan point. Yeah. And he, he should be retired. He's like 70, man, but. He looks like he's having absolute ball. Obviously, the furthest the ACC team made it this year. Um, God, look at the conferences that are left. That's just wild. But no, the the ACC is represented in the Final Four. Maybe not the team we thought it would be. I might, I might be interested in that five and a half. Just he's he's got the team playing well. Like honestly, Texas. Texas is playing just as good as anybody. Like that was on Texas. That was on their yeah. game plan, their offensive game plan that second half. Dan, I mean, Dan made it quite clear. And I actually went back and watched some of that. It was, it was a rough final 10 minutes from the Texas game planning. They probably should have won, but I, I don't know that UConn should be laying more points than Texas was. They're playing well, but yeah, I'd, I'd make that closer to four. So I'd be tempted to take Miami. If you made me bet this right now, I would probably take, Miami and SDSU at this point. I don't know about those totals. I wish I'd have just grabbed an over in the Texas game, I guess, at, at certain points during that. But, again, a little out of commission during the afternoon and no futures left for me. All my brackets are dead. Everything's gone. I guess I'm just betting Frozen 4 next week. So we'll I, get did into, get, uh, I did get a Miami future at uh, 11 or either plus 1,100 or plus 1,200 right, right before the Elite 8 got going. 
Um, there you so go. On that now, got got some nice value out there. Obviously, that's now down to plus four ninety. Um, don't know what I want to do. That. I mean, I probably just have to ride it out here against UConn, but I'm a, I am a little bit nervous with how well UConn's playing. But also, like as we've seen, sometimes sometimes not, but sometimes in the tournament, you know, these teams will go have a, a great weekend like UConn just did. They played pretty much perfect basketball for two straight games, but then you get the you know six days off beforehand and can kind of throw you off a little bit, take you a little bit, you know, lose that momentum over six days. It's easy to keep it over one. Not as easy to hold it over six. So I guess that's what I'm kind of holding out hope for here is that, uh, that you, that, that momentum that you got has going slows down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You can't hedge. You kind of got to just write it up. No. So whatever we'll get there, but we will skate on over to the NHL. Look, I did mention the yes. Frozen Four. Not the same league, but the same sport. I did pay attention a little because my Gophers. If there is a Gophers team, I'll Dan's Quinnipiac is Yeah, Dan's Quinnipiac. Dan squad they is have a They have a big test. If they want to take home a big trophy, they're going to have to beat Michigan and then probably Minnesota. That's a big ask. They were plus 380, I mm-hmm. think, in the future. It's about the same price as Boston. Boston had a nice little run out of their, their region. Got uh, draws Minnesota in the semis, which is again a very tough task. Uh, I will never not cheer for Dan's Bobcats of QU. I mentioned this to him this morning, but a Minnesota Michigan rematch after what we saw. You that know, would be a pretty awesome game. It would be a pretty good game. So I would love to see Minnesota Michigan again in the final. And I believe that it's it's offset slightly. So during the weekend, you'll have the Masters. You'll have mm-hmm. You'll ha- and you'll have uh, the Frozen Four as well right after having the national championship game on Monday. So And obviously baseball is fired up at that point. So pretty, pretty solid elite, you know, 10, 15 days of sports right here. And and then right after that, I mean, we're essentially on to the NHL and NBA yeah. playoffs. So how many games have you been to a Frozen Four before? NHL? You've been to a no, Frozen Four before? No, it's I a... thought about it, but Fargo Fargo's not only um, a long drive, it's a horrible drive. Get to, to get to North Dakota because the region, you know, sometimes the region is obviously closer, but I, I think mm-hmm. someday I will. It's uh, they had one of the United, they had it in the United Center. I mean, they do it, do it in the United Center every so many years, and I think Notre Dame was in it. My brother's a Notre Dame grad, so we went a couple years ago. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun time. Yeah, would highly recommend it, even if your team gets absolutely shelled. Um, but I do have some NHL bets too with the professionals tonight. Um. One game, it's a smaller slate, I think like five, six games tonight, and I really hated a lot of the value on the board that the Avalanche minus one and a half is about the best value I can find. Andy, there's about nine, ten games left in the NHL season, depending sure. on who you're looking at. Um, Colorado is it's kind of spent all year, not so much. I don't want to quite call it a Stanley Cup hangover, but they've been hurt as well. They're kind of just going through the year on cruise control. They're starting to pick things back up, and they're only a point out of the lead uh, in the central division and I think this is about a time where they'll probably start ramping things up and try and go win that division now it's probably more in reach than it has been in a little while um, they're only I think a point behind your wild and then they're tied with the stars your wild playing very good hockey as a late Andy so congratulations to you as well um, but I like them minus the one and a half tonight against the Ducks Colorado's one four out of five Anaheim's one of these bad teams tanking for Connor Bedard. I think this is a just rolling spot for Colorado. I think they go out and win pretty easily, and they're, they're going to keep getting themselves uh, ramping up into playoff form. And then Connor McDavid, this is on FanDuel. He is at 60 goals right now. Um, for him to score 70-plus, he's got nine games left. So we need 10 goals in nine games. 
looking at the schedule as I have it up here now, um, they play the Ducks twice, the Coyotes and the Sharks twice. They do play the Kings twice, and Connor McDavid hasn't been great against them this year. He's got a goal in two games, I believe it is. But he's got five games against three teams tanking. Um, and I want to pull up his numbers here so I get it exactly right. But he's dominated those three teams pretty well. He's got four goals in two games against the Coyotes. He's got two goals in two games against the Ducks. He's got two goals in two games against the Sharks. Um, he's going to have a chance here to pile on some bad teams and half of his games left. And I think at plus 450 for him to have a couple multi-goal games and just get himself 10 goals in nine games. If it's, if it's doable for anybody, it's doable for Connor McDavid. And if he gets rolling here, I think that 70 goal mark is certainly going to be something he's going to actively try and go get to, because why wouldn't he want that? Uh, so plus 450 for him to score 10 goals in nine games, five of those games coming against tanking teams. I really like the odds there. I think that's worth the roll of the dice. I like it. I probably have no idea. I like props like that. Yeah. You like, and you, I like, you I might not know even, hockey, but you know, Connor McDavid's really, really good. And you know, he's playing really, really bad teams. I do like betting the award markets once in a while in hockey. I do have to go do some checks now that we're at the last 10 days. Like, I think I mentioned this earlier too. I have some, I have some hockey futures. All of it is stat based stuff, including a real bad one on a goalie that uh, I think mm. who, who was the Vancouver goalie at the beginning of the year. Oh, Thatcher Demko. He's been terrible. Yeah, it was like it was like a GA GAA below a certain percentage, yeah. and I'm like, I don't think he can get below this percentage because they're not playing him anymore. I think he just, I think he just <laughs> yeah. got kicked out of the league. He's just not really their guy anymore. I did yeah. hit an Austin Matthews future last year, an MVP future. I think when he was like the fifth or sixth favorite around midseason, they just absolutely turned it on. That was that's my favorite hockey future I've hit. Didn't, don't care for the mustache. Won't be betting on him, but I will. I'll take the well. And also, I just I don't have Fanduel up here, but I will. I will take a peek at that other one. I need some action today. I don't have a whole lot going on. Uh, golf doesn't start till Thursday. Obviously, a little spoiled last week with, uh, you know, having a, an early start with a lot of match play going on. But Valero Texas Open does happen down TPC whatever, TPC San San Antonio something along those lines. That's going to bother me now that I, I don't actually know the answer to that. There's like two, there's like two damn, it is TBC San Antonio. The yeah, I think you're Oaks. right. Yeah. The, the Oaks course. I was, I was feeling like I was mixing up the Texas courses for a bit there. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is in this field. He is on our, on our uh, graphic. He has not pulled out yet, but I don't know if I'd expect him to. He did pull out a match play. He was in a spot too, where he wasn't likely, you know, it wasn't going to advance but he did pull out with his neck injury last week. So I wonder if he does play in Texas or just heads over to Georgia to get ready for, you know, a place where he's actually won the tournament, uh, not too far in the past. Hatton is your favorite. And he's another guy who got hurt <laughs> during the tournament. He twinged, twinged something. Is that a word in his hand? Sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. He, he looked pretty rough at times. He'd said it was giving him problems. I don't know if that's a spot where he's likely to play this week. Might you might end up with Corey Connors. Um, yeah, and as abnormally distributed is pointing out, I'm monitoring Yahoo Japan. There have that has happened with Hideki in the past, where you get these reports on his injuries. It's it's not really widely reported outside of some of these news sources across the, across the Pacific. So keep an eye on that. I think he actually pulls out. Somebody I like here is Siwoo. I'm going to shop around, see if I can get a slightly better price. I think you could probably find maybe a 24 if you 
poke around. 21's uh, on the board right now at FanDuel. I like him quite a bit. I did run an initial model over at Betsports Golf. I'm kind of tweaking that. Obviously, Hideki, just based on form and what he does well, grades out well in that model. That's not somebody I'm actually going to bet because of uh, you know the, the insistence on having this neck injury. Uh, Brendan Todd came out a little higher for me as well. He's not on the graphic. He should be 40, 50, maybe a little better than one. I'm somebody I'm going to be looking at. Let's see who else uh, is near the high. Uh, Matt Kuchar, uh, Ben Griffin. Ben Griffin's probably somebody I'm looking at. Hatton's a void because of the, the price and the injury. And then Ricky Fowler. I was going to say, how do we feel I'm about bet, Ricky? Not somebody I'm going to bet on at 20 uh, to 1. Yeah. I think some people are going to be a little too excited about that just based on he needs he needs to win this to get in. So there's 20 different ways to get into the Masters. I don't. I don't want to say this. This probably is the most infre- infrequent, because they can just say, "Hey, here's an international player that we think deserves some recognition, and he's not in based on all the OWGR or winning an event, but we're going to let him come play." Like the Masters is run by the, you know, the Masters is run by the Masters. They can do whatever the hell they want. They just say, "Hey, international player that we think is on the right track, come play here. You don't have to meet any of the criteria." That is used every year. Something else is winning an event. So maybe, yeah, I was going to say that's rare. It's not rare. A lot of people are here because they won an event over the last year. But it is rare for someone to win the final event and sneak in. Because there's players in the field that are in the Masters already. And if they win or if they're already, uh, it's just such as life. But it has has happened. And Mr. Corey Connors was able to sneak in under the wire as it was. If you are not in the Masters field, and you're at the top of the leaderboard Sunday, suddenly, you know, your your next weekend is going to look a lot differently as you'll be heading down to Augusta. So I cheer for that sort of shit every year just because that's way more fun than, just, you know, watching somebody somebody well-known win it, even though, you know, I, like I said, I will be betting on Siwoo. So be cheering for some of the younger ones. Maybe like, a, I think Cootie, I, I call him Cootie, even though it's Cody with two O's. Uh, maybe a cheer for somebody like that to to get a nice win here. I'll cheer for some of the young guns, and it is not a bad week to take some long shots. I'll have my plays up later in the week and tomorrow when I talk to Mister Noonan. I got to tune into that show this week. Got to tune into it every week, but I really want to watch it this week because, like you said, this this is one where there might be some like a, like a Ricky spot. Obviously, you don't you're not thinking about betting Ricky at twenty to one this week, but finding out those you know, hey, this guy wins. This guy's playing for such and such. This guy needs this type of finish to get into Augusta this week. It's nice to know those uh, know those tidbits before you start betting this tournament, especially. Yeah, so I'll be yeah, it's a good good week for a long shot. I'll be trolling further down the board this week for sure. So, um, and then yeah, baseball starts on. Th- Thursday, opening day this week. We're back. It's going to be 30 degrees probably in Minnesota, but they'll, I don't know if they're playing baseball in Minnesota on Thursday, but that's my favorite part about the the early games here is the, just the insistence on trying to play such early, like getting early and earlier games in these cold weather cities. But then also it means we get the one o'clock first pitch on a Tuesday because we need to beat some weather or it's going to be warmer at one o'clock than it will be at seven o'clock yeah. at night, but it just gives us day baseball to bet on. We're, we're a big day baseball betting podcast. Yeah. And the twins home opener isn't till Thursday, the sixth. 
Okay. Mass Masters Thursday because I think they don't mind starting a hey let's go play in Miami for the first week or yeah. Kansas. I think it's Kansas City and Miami. Uh, hopefully they've Kansas City. I know when it's not like April sixth is that far in the spring, guys. I've had pretty big snowstorms up this way in May, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, baseball regardless, even if there's some snow out, some cold out, some ice outs, it will start at some point and probably this Thursday. So got a couple of uh, last minute futures for us. I do. Uh, I was, I, I've had some D I've had a decent amount of futures on the show leading up to this. And I was going on DraftKings looking to get creative and they have some more like fun. I'm uh, not wouldn't say fun, but just more options. And these are uh, team win total parlays, I think is the category it's called, but that's exactly what they are. Um, we're going with a couple uh, parlays of two teams to win 90 plus games. We're going to start with the Braves and the Padres. Dan and I talked a little bit about the Braves whenever this show was a Thursday of last week, whenever it was, we did the show together. I'm not, I think it was Thursday. Um, I like the Braves to win 90 plus games because I think they can very well win that division. They probably should. They're the favorites as of right now. They're getting healthy. Ronald Acuna is healthy and he's going to be playing for them all year, hopefully. Um, and if you look at that division, Phil, the Phillies just suffered another big injury. They're going to be without Bryce Harper for a while. They're going to be without Reese Hoskins for a while. The bullpen has a lot of question marks and as fun as their run was last year, like they got hot at the right time. Uh, if they start out slow with a depleted lineup that's very, very top-heavy, you could see them take a step back. The Mets are still going to be a very good baseball team. I know they lost Edwin Diaz, but they're going to be right there competing in that division as well. But you look at the rest of that division, the Nationals are going to be terrible. The Marlins aren't going to be very good either. So 90 wins for the Braves, uh, that's still pretty much ensuring that they're going to be finishing in the top two in that division, which I, I very much see happening, and I still think they probably win it. Um, so 90 plus wins for them. I like, and then the Padres, same thing. They got a whole lot better this off season. And if you look at that division, the Rockies are going to be bad. The giants are going to take a step back. The diamondbacks aren't going to be very good. It's going to come down to the Padres and the Dodgers. And if you look at the Padres, they kind of got past big brother last year in the playoffs with the Dodgers. Now I still think the Dodgers are going to be the best team in that division to win it, but I think the Padres will be a team to challenge us for that. And I think you see them win 95, 96, 97 games. And then, uh, Go ahead, Andy. You seem like you're going to talk. Well, and and you know, my first thought is, hey, there's negative correlation to these because these teams will play each other and they can't uh-huh. both win those games, so that's automatically a couple lot. But you know, the, the Yankees and Mets played two two game series all year, mm-hmm. um, so just just four games. And Braves and Padres actually don't play each other all that much either. Just six games between them. From my quick, uh, yeah, like there's there's right one so, that I love. So that yeah, the negative the negative correlation is is fairly low in this, and mm-hmm. like you said, when the divisions are a little softer too, especially in like the the Mets and the Mets and yeah, well, and, you know, when you're placing them both, obviously you have the Mets and the Braves. Those aren't in the same parlay, but the rest of that division is gonna be it's gonna awful. be bad. And I like I think the Mets and the Braves are gonna be two teams. That, I don't want to say cruise ninety wins, but they're both, I think, going to comfortably hit that 90-win mark. Um, and, yeah, like I was looking at one of the ones they had on there was, I think it was the Guardians, the Twins, and somebody else that have 80-plus. And while I think the Guardians and the Twins both have 80-plus, they also play each other 19 times, and that's not something you want to get too involved with just in case one yeah. team has has someone's number or, or whatever is going to go on there. Um, but, yeah, then the Mets, Mets similar ex- explanation to the Braves. I think they're a really good baseball team. I think they're going to be right there with Atlanta to win that NL East division. Then you look at the rest of it, it's not going to be very good, especially if Phillies is banged up as, as they are and they get off to a slow start. 
Um, and then the Yankees, you know, 90s a lot in that division. It is a good division, but I think the Yankees also got a whole lot better this offseason, adding Carlos Rodon. You now look at their one, two, three with uh, Cole, Rodon, Cortez. Like that, that's as good as just about anybody in baseball right now. Um, and I think they're going to be the best team in that division. I think they're going to win a lot of baseball games. I think Boston's going to take a step back this year. As much as we like your, your Baltimore Orioles, uh, Andy, I still think they need to, to do a little bit of growing. And Toronto and the Rays are going to be good baseball teams, but they're just, I don't think they're better than the New York Yankees. And I think the Yankees have done a great job improving. So 90 plus wins for them, I also don't think is too big of an ask. So we're going to take those two parlays. Braves and Padres, 90 plus wins. Mets and Yankees, 90 plus wins. I dig it. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball. I don't even watch that much baseball, but I do. And it's, it's true. I'm not like a huge twins fan anymore, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like of all the protein. No, I guess you love, you like the Timberwolves, but I feel like the, of all yeah, the, it's just cause my daughter does like, I feel like you kind of like the twins. I do kind of like, yeah. I, I will say, and I will make this proclamation right now because we have not touched on this yet. Okay. And I know it's, it's a long shot. And there is some weirdness to how this will work based on the contract and the timing, but Lamar Jackson just being just a petty ass about releasing this tweet and just punking Harbaugh was pretty funny. And also, I love him. I loved the MVP season. I loved seeing him at the height of his powers. When he, you know, when he had that MVP season, when the team was that offense was sculpted around him and it really played to his strengths. If he were to sign with the Minnesota Vikings, I will get up off the, you know, oh, I don't like, I only like the teams that I bet on bandwagon, and I will. And you'll I be a Vikings become, fan. I will become a Vikings fan if wow. they sign Lamar Jackson. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be a hundred percent. I'll be. I'll be the guy who's dying when they lose. I'll be the guy who's just unrealistic about their chances to win everything. I I, I'll be full in on being a fan. If, if well, as much as I don't want to see Lamar side. Jackson in the bears division, I kind of want to see you have to be a fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn just, here. Yeah. Bring, bring the pain back is, is kind of where I'm at on that. So I've, I'm saying it, it's happening right now. So, and that's, that's, that's Monday guys. Hit a thumbs up on the way out. Uh, check out the show notes on the YouTube or the podcast. If you want to get entered in that free page contest, Win a round of golf with Paige Spronic. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy, guys. See you tomorrow.